take whatever I can because <laughs> I love listening to you. Okay. Oh, all right. Now, when did when did all right? Well, so so you wait. I've got to. You were in the this paper was in the Jefferson Jefferson and Market People's Finance. It was owned by Black People Corporation. They built it. And. Uh, and the NACP was in that building, uh -huh. and you had all these people coming. That's right, because you see, it was just about three Famous blocks from people. Union Station, okay. and you could you could ride a taxi cab up to office for ten cents or fifteen cents a person, or else walk, which wasn't too far. And then on the way up there, you see, it passed the Argus, they passed up the Argus building, twenty three twelve market, and you had. Uh, but the people who came in our office was uh, uh, W.C. Handy and Carter G. Woodson. A. Philip Randolph would come to see T.D. McNeil and Brotherhood of Stephen Carpenter's office. And then you'd have Cab Calloway would come in to see, who was a great friend of Dave Grant. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jimmy Lonsford and Nashley Duke. And then Thurgood Marshall would always stop in. You'd what always, was he like? Oh, he was great. He's still great. Very good marshal. Just so friendly. You'd, you'd never think at that time he was a, a great trial lawyer, you know. But you see, at the time we were Jefferson, Jefferson and Market, he wasn't, he hadn't held any kind of an office then, you know, because he wasn't appointed his first, didn't get his first appointment until I think around 1966 or something like that. I so, believe he was just going from city to city to try any ACP case. Right, uh, he was he was Solicitor General first. Mm -hmm. He was the first black Solicitor General. Then, uh, but we really haven't seen him. Uh, we never saw him after that. But he would come into the office and Mrs. Inge, you know, uh, she'd always kid him about a lot of things. Mrs. Inge, Mrs. Uh, J. Roger, Mrs. Uh, Bimba Inge was her name. And uh, She would kid him? He was he wasn't a teetotaler. When he come in off, you know, he'd have to have a little stimulant, you see, and he'd get some water over at the fountain. He but most people did then just like they do now. Mm -hmm. You know, you get off the train or something like that. But it was he, he was such a friendly person, mm -hmm. very friendly person. And I told you about Carter G. Woodson coming in. He was sharp. He'd wear those high collar, you know, and Looked like he couldn't even bend his head down. It was so, so pressed with stars, and he'd wear those English, those English tweed suits, you know, and it looked like they had about twenty buttons run down the vest. And he was, it was, it was, it was really nice to know all those people. It was an exciting time. Very exciting time. Uh, well, people were, you know, you didn't make a lot of money. But you get, you, you just like I'm saying, like you're born blind, you're just used to it and you get adjusted to it. It sounds like there was more hope then. Yes, there was more hope. Because just on Market Street, well, in the finest building alone, you see, you had, you had what, three or four dentists in there, had four or five physicians, and, and all of the major organizations, like motion picture operators were there. And I told you about the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. And this, this was when the blacks had the bank on, on the corner, see. 
blacks had the bank? Yeah, people's people's finance. People's finance. People's bank. They own that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened, but they claimed that some of the officers skipped off with the money, and they had to close. But uh, somebody asked me the other day, uh, who owned it at the time it, the building was torn down? I said the Bruni Real Estate Company owned it. You know, oh, really? the Jewish people. Yeah, they bought it. Archie, Archie. Um, Archie Moore, he wanted to buy it, but it, when he got himself together a little too late, he ready to tear it down then. But some of the greatest people, well, you see across the street from our offices where the deluxe restaurant was, and then you, you'd have uh, the uh, Harlem Globetrotters going in there, and all the bands, you know. The, uh, I saw I saw Anthony Quinn sitting in there one day talking to a Hank Crawford, a drummer, a drummer who used to play with the Jimmy Luther band, sitting in there eating lunch. I've met some of the greatest people in the world, you know. Tell me about the mill. I don't know too much about the mill. I never had too much. They never did have too much activity over there. You're talking about something that was strictly a residential area. Mm -hmm. They had an Ellisville Y over there on uh, Pendleton and the Porto Cottage, mm -hmm. like that. And then you'd have Kennedy's sheet metal shop, and then you'd have uh, in the Bill Hotel, you'd have White's restaurant. But it was relatively small compared to the Deluxe. And then you had a restaurant in uh, in the Portal building. Mm -hmm. People, when they would come here, like a Thurgood Marshall or these people that you're talking about, would they have to stay in people's homes? Yeah, if they were. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Bethune stayed in a, a home in a, a 3104 Pine Street, and uh, uh, W.C. Handy, he also stayed in that same house. Mm -hmm. Just like in the 1948 when the Shriners Convention was here, you know, mm -hmm. black people couldn't use the hotels, so they had what they called housing committee, which they should do now, since their hotels are so high. They are paying $160 a night. Yeah. Give those people 30 or $40 a night. Mm -hmm. And so the Shriners Convention, they uh, they had the Castle Ballroom mm -hmm. to use for a part of their headquarters because they used Kill all the time. And then they would register. They'd have a file of people, there thousands of people who welcome these people in their home for so much a night, you know. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to get back to that because the organizations are dying because the, the uh, Hellwood Hotels at the convention sites are, are so extreme that they, that they can't have enough people for a convention. The publishers are suffering from that, and then uh, in, in a couple of weeks, the uh, Black John's going to meet in New York. Mm -hmm. They can't be paying $160 a night at a hotel. Were they here about a year ago? They were here. They wish they were here now. Prices here are heck a lot cheaper than New York. Well, yeah, they'll they'll become homeless people in New York. They'll be sleeping in the streets. Thank you, thank you so much. I could keep you. You can tell I'm dragging it out, but no, that's all right. thank you for reminding me about my tape, and it was good meeting.